0: All right, we're in.
1: We're yes, recording. Sir. We're recording.
0: Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Recording this one July twentieth, Thursday. As always, joined by Jason.
1: How's it going, everyone? Uh, super excited because uh, today's a big day. We have a special announcement. So why don't you why don't you take it away here, Piz?
0: Yes, today we it's our first episode being under uh, a hockey pod, or sorry a podcast network. Uh, we're under the hockey podcast network uh, they just brought us on we're super excited to get started with them um, and then yeah to be joining such a such a great network um I think some of their other ones you might recognize tales with TR that's one of their other hockey podcasts that they have there um, I don't know why I keep saying hockey podcast it's in the name it should be pretty self-explanatory but um Yeah, and in case you didn't notice, we're a hockey podcast as well.
1: Yeah, it's almost like it's a perfect fit there. So uh, happy, happy that they figured out what our niche was and and brought us on. But seriously, like, really happy and really excited to be working with them. Hopefully, we can get some like collaborations going forward. If you guys know some and uh, know some of their podcasts and are interested in them and want to have those hosts on, we have now an easier pathway to get those people on the show. So uh, I think it's going to be good, especially going into the season, to learn a lot more about instead of just focusing on the Leafs, just like what other teams are going to be doing and what we should be looking out for when playing other teams leading up to these games. Like when I don't even know what's the first game of the season, whoever at least playing the first game of the season, I'm sure we'll be able to
0: Montreal. Yeah.
1: We'll be able to communicate with people who are Montreal fans and and get their take on things. And and it it opens up for a much healthier discussion uh, instead of just a bunch of fans yelling at each other on Twitter, which is always nice, but Hey, we try and try and steer away from that. So excited. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to get into the small tidbit of Leafs news that is going on right now. Uh, the Leafs have hired Mike Van Ryan. You might remember him. He played for the Leafs for 27 games in 2008-2009. Um, he, pre- he was injured a lot that year. He was injured a lot the last few years of his career. Uh, and then he went on to start his coaching career right after that Leafs season. He has been with the St. Louis Blues for the last five seasons as an assistant coach. Um, I believe... No, not I believe. He was with the Tucson Roadrunners and the Arizona Coyotes organization previously. I think that might have lined up when Brad Tree Living was in that organization as well. I'm not 100% sure. And then the Leafs also added another assistant coach, former head coach of the Ottawa Senators and former head coach of the, sorry, former head coach of the Ottawa Senators and Tampa Bay Lightning. That makes more sense. And his name is Guy Boucher. I don't know why Brian Boucher kept coming up in my head. I'm like, that's not, that's not who it is. It's Guy Boucher, who you famously might know. He brought Tampa Bay to the conference finals. He brought the Ottawa Senators to the conference finals. And there's that stupid video of Chris Pronger literally taking the puck behind the net and just standing there, just waiting for Tampa Bay to stop the neutral zone trap but Guy Boucher will be running the Leafs power play they said and Mike Van Ryan will be taking over the defense while Dean Chinowith will be specializing in the penalty kill and Manny Mal- Malholtra will be moving up to the eye in the sky which was previously a position that Paul McLean held the other yes. former sense coach yes
1: uh it's gonna be interesting because uh people don't give a gibouche respect everyone everyone essentially runs the 131 one now in the new, like to 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 stop the neutral zone and i mean chris pronger buddy all you have to do is just skate the puck and then you just create you can create on odd man. speed game. so
0: why would you why would you skate the puck when you could just sit behind the net and kill time yeah,
1: that's fair that's fair right but uh so. I, I saw a clip on twitter of the like literally the game i think it was it might have been the game after where they were literally sitting in their own zone for the first minute of the game and martin yeah. st. louis just kept circling around at the blue line nothing happened, but, uh, I mean, Hey, like it, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's implemented throughout the NHL right now. So, I mean, so it's always yeah. been a different game, but I mean, Guy Boucher is a well-respected coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Van Ryan, former relief. I don't know much about Mike Van Ryan, so I don't really have much to say about him. But one thing he, that I-, I
0: know, he went all the way up through the ranks. I, I believe he started with Niagara Ice Dogs as an assistant. And then he was with the Kitchener Rangers. And then he worked his way up to Kitchener Rangers head coach. And then he was with the Arizona Coyotes uh, organization. I'm having a time today with words, the most basic words possible. This is holy moly. We got a good episode ahead and I I'm tripping over myself over the most basic parts. Fantastic start. Anyways, Mike Van Ryan, he like, this is a former player that didn't just like get plopped into an assistant coach's position right away. He had to work his way up from the juniors and then into the minor leagues and then into the NHL. And he's been in the NHL for the past few seasons. Uh, A few people are bringing up some interesting points. And that is the fact that, I mean, like you have a former head coach now on the bench like if you're Sheldon Keefe, are you getting a little sweaty now? Like,
1: <laughs> of course you should have been sweaty when you didn't have a contract coming into this year. Uh, and I think that was that was the my next point that I was I was going to bring up right there is that Guy Boucher is like you said a former coach, right? And it puts a lot of pressure on Sheldon Keith. And like this is a something we talked about that the potential for a midseason coach change is very very likely this year if things don't work out well. And it doesn't even have to work out well. Like we've seen. Like, sorry, it doesn't even have to be that bad for, for a coaching change to happen. The way that this team has started every single year, like the last three years under Sheldon Keep, has been bad. Like, we, I think that's fair to say. I, for each, each time this, this team has started with Sheldon Keep, I understand one year Austin Matthews was hurt. Last year we had like a, a myriad of injuries on defense, so it was a little tough. But you could also argue that the defenses who came in, Rasmus Sandy and Timothy Lilligren, were probably better than some of the guys who were not playing to begin with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, who was
0: injured to start last
1: year? Someone, Jake Muzzin wasn't. There was someone on D who was hurt. Morgan missed, Riley was hurt.
0: Um, mm, at one point during the year.
1: Was it t- someone on D was Jake hurt.
0: Jake Muzzin missed preseason. He played in the regular season. Hole played in the regular season. Riley played in the regular season. It was Giordano was playing. I think we had the meat and potatoes of our lineup pretty much.
1: Someone definitely got hurt because that's why we signed Rasmus Sandin on defense.
0: Remember? we There was a bunch of injuries in the preseason. There was a preseason game that I was at. And it was Dahlstrom and Ben both got injured and Muzzin was already injured. And then um, there there might've been one other one, maybe, but maybe I can't really remember. We had the meat that. and potatoes of our, our defense though. I would say like we our, our roster was pretty much set. I think it's just yes. kind of on the coach that like hundred percent. I started like shit.
1: No excuses there. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, we've seen this multiple times where we haven't started off well. And I mean, listen, obviously this is like some revisionist stuff, but like that could be the difference between us winning the, div- like us coming first in the division and us not coming first in the division. Right. Simple as that. Obviously with Boston now, yeah. like last season, it was tough to say, um, but yeah, like could be the difference between home ice. We don't know. And it has it hasn't affected us yet, but nope. I could see this being a contentious issue for the front office saying, Hey, like I've, we've seen this multiple times where the team has not seemed ready to start the season. Uh, and that's something we're going to take note of. And that's something we're going to pay attention to down the road. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think like you said, Sheldon Keith should be very worried, but if he has, if he, if he has faith in himself and thinks he's like good enough at his role, he should be fine.
0: So the one thing I put in my hand, I forget we're now on video. I probably look like a, moron. Fine, doesn't matter. but the one thing that you missed in there, that is also important that kind of turns up the burner there. This is the first year for Sheldon Keith, Keefe, there's another one. Oh, my God. This is the first year for Sheldon Keefe where the Toronto Maple Leafs are not paying for Mike Babcock's contract. The board of directors for MLSC does not have to look at this and go, I don't want to pay for two fired coaches. There's currently none. They're paying for one current head coach. Does that sway their decision? They don't. He doesn't have a contract extension. He's essentially a sitting duck. So...
1: Yeah, he's a sitting duck, but it is what you make of it, really. Like I, I see, that, yeah. like listen, if you if if you can, if you're a good enough coach and you can take this team far, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be re-signed next season. So it's all about what you do with the opportunity, right? It's a exactly. let's call it a double-edged sword. Is that is that a good thing and a bad thing? I don't know. There's there's a saying for it. I can't come up with that on the spot. Anyways, I don't think I have anything else uh, with the coaches here, though.
0: Yeah, I don't think the pressure will help Sheldon Keefe. I mean, if he was like in like a wildly smart coach, I'd be like, Oh, maybe this'll change his thinking, whatever. But like, I don't think he, I think he's more of like, just like a player's relationship kind of coach. Yeah. And so like, maybe the pressure will go to his head and he'll have David Camp on the first line. Next thing we know.
1: so Who knows? Hope not. All right, guys. We interrupt this program to uh, bring you some breaking news. So we recorded this episode prior to Sunday. Uh, and on, on Sunday, as a lot of you know in Least Nation, Ilya Samsonov has signed a one-year deal at awarded a $3.55 million AAV in arbitration. So the team and the and Samsonov went to arbitration together. We talked about, uh, we spent 10, 15 minutes last episode talking about the arbitration case. That goes in the can. Uh, so I mean, here we are, uh, Samsov is signed like Joe, what are your, what are your thoughts on the signing overall? What are your thoughts on them going to arbitration, not settling it beforehand? Tell me more about this deal.
0: Yeah. So we compared it before to the Tristan Jari deal back from 2020, he got three years at 3.5. Yeah. Three years at 3.5. I thought that was an interesting sort of starting spot. Um, even though I think Samsonov has more careers games, had more career games played than Sam than Jari did at that point. So I was looking close to four. I do think that the arbitrator probably looked at this and also set, saw an 897 save percentage from the year before and took that also into account, as well as the years past. So that's where I wasn't taking that into account. I was mainly saying like, "Hey, this is the starting point—the starting point at nine, a nine-nineteen save percentage." Um, I guess the arbitrator just looks at save percentage, and they're not looking at oh, team adjusted or how was the team in Washington in front of them, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I- I'm all right with the number one year. Obviously, we would have liked two years. Um, just because that lines up with Joseph Woll's contract and it sets such a good value too. But who knows who takes the reins this year. It's uh, really going to be interesting to see. I think by January, it'll be a little bit more of a goalie battle. Hopefully, I think that would be the best case scenario that both of them are playing as well as they can, especially from what we saw from the end of the season from Joseph Woll, It could potentially be, right? It's yeah. not, never say never, especially with goalies. So the one year obviously is less than what we would have liked, but 3.55 I think is fair. I think it's totally fair.
1: Yeah. And I like right? that little analysis that Heat Daddy he did on Twitter. He had actually ran some numbers and had an AI model generate the uh, contract projections. He uh, put it into Excel, added the two numbers, and divided them by two. Very. Very, uh, advanced stuff here, but uh, in all seriousness, I actually like the deal. Like, I i always said that, like, I heat daddy didn't do that. Yeah, you didn't hear what I said his formula was, did you? Just yeah. added the numbers and divided by two. Was that that was, was not heat? that was his tweet? No,
0: heat daddy. I don't know. I just i saw a bunch of like a bunch of people were doing anyways. It's just funny related that. references from him this weekend, but I don't know. mainly I thought it was, uh, Acting a foolerman or whatever his might name is. might
1: have been might have might have been a quote tweet I saw from him. Then I I apologize if I'm giving credit to the wrong person here, but it was some very funny stuff spreading around Twitter. Anyways, back back to the actual deal though. You're mm-hmm. a half million dollars. Like I I've always said, like I don't believe in paying goalies. I know that that you strongly disagree with that, but you just tying yourself up with risk with a, a position that has such a wide variance. I love this deal. Like one year, it's perfect. Like. I I agree with you, two years could have been better. Like it would have been nice to line up with Wall to have that tandem. But I mean, if Samsonov is bad this year, you now have the flexibility like that uh, to get out of that, like you're not Yeah, you're not him, right?
0: you're not stuck so, to him. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And you're also not relying on him, right? You can uh you don't feel like you have to force feed him to be the goalie and it also would create it creates space for Joseph Wall to grab that opportunity because the second Joseph Wall outplays Samsonov, he will get that starting role. Whereas if Samsov was signed to a longer term deal. I don't think that would be the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just speculation here. But again, like you're, you're tied to wall for another year. So it kind of makes more sense there. And on top of that, like, like you said, the three and a half million dollars, it's cheap. Our tandem, excluding Matt Murray, because Matt Murray is probably going to be gone on LTIR or traded. Our tandem is only making, what is it? 4.2 million dollars. That gives yeah. you enough space to go out and potentially maybe acquire a goalie at the deadline. If things aren't too comfortable and and you'll, uh, you should be able to have some space and flexibility to do that, right? So, um, Leafs probably yeah. don't have it right now, but there could obviously be money moved either way. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate the deal. I, I like it. Um, the big, the big thing that people were talking about though before the arbitration deal was the fact that it actually went to arbitration. So, what are your thoughts on them? Going to, I mean, like Samsonov obviously thought very highly of himself. He wanted four point nine million. That's a lot. I thought he was around like we said four right four was fair me. he was mm-hmm. a million over but that's part of part of going into negotiations right you want to yeah. highball yourself because you guys always end up somewhere in the middle so uh, yeah like what are your thoughts on them just going to like to arbitration do you like that not like that indifferent what are your thoughts
0: I mean it's tough it depends who the player really is I was looking at it from the lens of like stuff I had heard from Jeff O'Neill where he was saying. Uh, He went to arbitration with Jim Rutherford, I believe, with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. This was pre-lockout, and he walked out, and he was like, I never want to play for this team ever again. This was just awful. like It almost made him cry. He was like, what the hell was that kind of thing, right? So that's where it can get ugly in arbitration because you have to argue you are worth X amount of money that we've put on you. And this is why, because you're shit, you suck. You can't stay healthy. You can't stop the puck. You look like you're swimming half the games out there. We put a good defense in front of you, and that's why you had a 919 save percentage. And then he's got to come back and say, no, I, I, I'm i the best kind of thing, right? Yeah. So that's where it could get ugly. Who knows? Maybe he's got thick skin, but we really don't know that. Uh, one interesting thing, a uh, friend of the show, Kevin Pippetti brought up. Uh, he was saying that assuming Matt Murray doesn't count against the cap, um, the Leafs have the lowest earning goaltending duo since 2012 2013 with Reimer and Ben Scrivens, if you remember oh. that one. And who started the first game of the year in that season? 2012 2013, the lockout, the half lockout year. Who started the first game of the year? I don't know.
1: Was it was it Reimer. Ben, ben Scrivens. Scriven. Interesting.
0: Scrivens was running hot with the Marlies. Reimer was coming off a A tough stretch in 2011-2012. You remember he had the concussion that year. He was out for a while. So they went with Ben Scrivens, who first couple games looked really, really good. So And then they traded him to LA, part of the Bernier trade, after that season in 13-14. So some useless Leafs information that you didn't (laughs) need. Um, So some other things with Ilya Samsonov that I don't think I've brought up before Um, On PDOcast, they had Kevin Woodley on. He's a goalie. He's like goalie guy through and through for In Goal Magazine. And he was mentioning about how Ilya Samsonov, early in his career, he was kind of taking things for granted. It was just like, uh, didn't really have the correct mindset. Like Washington's goalie coach sent him back to Russia with some things to work on in his first couple of years. And Samsonov got to Russia and said, I'm not working on these things. And it was just, didn't want to change that much. But then in his second, like the last year, his last season in Washington, Woodley was saying the second half of the year, he really did start to try make, make, like try to make some changes and try to, you know, be more flexible kind of thing. So that's where it was encouraging. And now it seems like he's the ultimate teammate. He's working, he's doing his best. He's putting in the work kind of thing. Um. In terms of some statistics on Ilya Samsonov, I was able to dig up these, partly from uh, Kevin Woodley and Dmitry Filipovich on this particular episode of the PDO Cast. They mentioned them, as well as Megan Shaika from Natural Stat uh, from StatLeads has posted it. And these are some, also some, some public website stats as well. And here they are. So save percentage, which just on NHL.com, uh, he was eighth in the league for starting goaltenders, I believe it was, with a .919. Yeah, goaltenders with over twenty starts. He was he was eighth in the league with a nine nineteen. Okay, goals saved above expected. He was twelfth on Clear Sight, tenth on Money Puck, eleventh on Natural Stat Trick. Goals saved above average. He was tenth on Natural Stat Trick. Goals saved above average. He was twelfth on Statleets. Inner slot save percentage. He was first on stat athletes and first on Clear Sight, which is from the slot. High opportunity uh, shot, right? High, very dangerous shot. He was first in the league at stopping those. High danger goal saved above average, according to natural stat trick. First in the league. You want to hear some... Now, here's why he wasn't the best goalie in the league. He was one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie at stopping high danger chances. Here's where it fell off. Low danger shots saved above expected, according to Clear Sight Analytics. He was 80th in the league. And another one, low danger unblocked shot attempt save percentage above expected. Out of 62 goalies with 20 or more games played, according to Money Puck, Ilya Samsonov was 52nd. So, what does that mean? What, like, Big, athletic can get across in a decent hurry. I would say um, the low danger shots seem to be killing them. If you remember, there's a couple in the Florida series that was just they were just shots that went mm-hmm. in. Yeah, um, has to do with kind of losing your net and uh, not staying on angle and not staying square to the shots. I noticed at times like from from far out shots that happens, as well as it could have to do with like looking through screens and over challenging on plays that come out too far that could be something as well to look at. But overall, I I was very happy with Ilya Samsonov last year, especially at $1.8 million. And going into this season, I'm happy with the Leafs duo that they have. I really would like them to add something like, whether that be a Brian Elliott, Yaroslav Halak, like a veteran presence that's going to be with the, the third goalie with the Marlies, a guy that's probably not going to get scooped up on waivers. Or maybe, if actually, no, that wouldn't work. Scratch that. Um, yeah, like a, a third goalie, like a, a, like similar. Like Pittsburgh has Hellberg and Nedeljkovic. I wouldn't want one point five million dollar third goalie, mm-hmm. but someone of that quality caliber that's going to play with the Marlies, but can get called up just in case can play with will play with the Marlies, is not good enough to where it's like oh that you this is a steal you need to grab them on waivers so they'll pass through waivers but can be can be solid if called upon because right now the marley's only have uh some very inexperienced guys down there
1: yeah fair enough i mean
0: very long-winded sorry
1: no you're good you're good i i, I get that and I, I just want to touch a little bit more on the contract situation here but just to add some context to what you're saying there uh currently as it stands like with the least position and assuming that Matt Murray is off the roster cuz that's how we have to operate right now. Uh the Leafs actually have negative 459 uh 459,000 cap space. So they're uh still in trouble. They they're still in trouble. Someone has to get moved, right? And that could just be like a guy like Connor Timmins getting put on waivers uh or I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Right, but then if you do that, then there, then you're at twelve. and Then he's going to so. get claimed by Pittsburgh because he used to play for the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah, exactly. So you, you don't want you don't want to give you don't want to give that up. But uh, in all seriousness, I really think that there's probably another trade coming which would help shore up that situation. We've been again. I've been talking about mm-hmm. this. I, I think. I think we talked about this earlier on this episode. I can't remember. I don't know if it's going to be in the card, part that we cut out. But like, I think a trade is coming. And again, TJ Brody seems like the most obvious candidate. But, but it's only four hundred and fifty nine thousand. Yeah, but where where do they where how do they trim that? That's the question, right? Because the probably be Timmins. So they okay, so they cut Timmins and then they go twelve and six for the rest of the, the, the season. That's a little risky for me, right? Or do they cut Timmins and twelve and six
0: and then yeah, if someone gets injured? Cut
1: Timmins, cut Lafferty, bring in a guy making league minimum, like seems a little I don't know. They they could do those things. That's that's a very real possibility. Lafferty Not, is
0: one that you also have to remember that the previous regime traded for yes. him. Brad Tree Living might hate Sam Lafferty's That's game. That's very true. It's That's entirely good. possible. But I would like to keep him around because I'd hope the development staff is good enough to help show, like, hey, like, hey man, when you get the puck, maybe like take a second to think. Because he's got some great wheels. But it's not guaranteed.
1: Yeah, and I'm right? pretty sure so that
0: is that is a guy right there.
1: Yeah, I think you can if you trade him, like sorry, if you just like get rid of him off our roster and let's say just replace him with like I don't know. Let, let's just say Bobby McMahon. I think, yeah, we mm-hmm. still, we still like lose. We're still not uh, like, we're still, still not actually, no. we're still over the cap by like 80,000. So you, it's not as simple as just getting rid of a guy like Lafferty or Timmons and then replacing them with someone who makes league men. That's not enough. So there's probably going to be, we're not going to, just we, if we see one move, it's going to be a, a player making a lot of money, get traded. We might see multiple moves. So those are kind of the two options that we might see. And in that event, I could see us yes, like you said bringing in that, that cheaper goalie because if we are offloading a decent amount of space uh and we have the space to let, let's say bring in an extra forward and an extra goalie like why not do that like I I love that idea so uh, especially in a locker room that has like a t- t- how old is Joseph fault 24 24 and 27 year old goalie
0: 1998 born like, yeah so 25
1: 25 I think mm-hmm. um but yeah so 25 27 very young tandem like I I don't hate that and yeah, to cap it all off, I, I like the tandem going into this year. So, um, yeah, any more thoughts on Ilya Samsonov? Any, I guess it's we less
0: nerve wracking than last year. Oh, that's
1: that's for sure. That's I for sure.
0: I hated answering the. What do you think of the Leafs' goalies this year? I have no idea. One can't stay healthy. The other, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it was just such a wait and see. Yeah, you couldn't like, I've I've. I, you, I just felt like so unnatural giving hot takes about that. Like Matt Murray bounces back. Ellie Samson bounces back. We had the best tandem in the world. Like, because it was just like, okay, when you look at the trends, and then at one point both of them got hurt. It's crazy. That
1: was not fun. Yeah. Well, then we so, got to Joseph Foss. So that was good. And Eric Schalgren. But we anyways. did. Do we still have Eric Schalgren? No, he's on the Devils. Nice. Good for him. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, all right. uh, We have the Hildebeest. The Hildebeest. I love that. I hope we don't have to see him this year. No offense to him, but I just hope our time stays all Fingers crossed. 100%. Knock on wood. All right. So that just about wraps it up for Samsonov. Now back to our regularly scheduled program.
0: Before we go any further, though, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Baseball is back, and I know everyone wants to hit a home run, but you can't do that when your untrimmed bush is starting to look like Wrigley Field. Get your game on point with Manscaped, and you can start scoring on and off the field with their top-notch grooming products. Trusted by 8 million men worldwide, grab some Cracker Jacks, a hot dog, and the lawnmower 4.0, and let's play ball. Don't forget to use the code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That was my first live ad read in a little while, and I think that went uh, decently well, especially for how the, the start of this episode has gone. I don't know if I like, ate just a bunch of peanut butter. I'm tripping over my words, but I'm glad that one went well.
1: <laughs> yeah, next one coming up is going to be a bit harder, but well, I'll, 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 I'll be here supporting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that one's going
0: to take... It says 60 seconds. Oh, no, I'd be lucky to get it in 60, but for everyone's ears sake, hopefully I I will try my best. I promise. Anywho. So the goalie situation is pretty clear cut. We have Joseph wool. We have Matt Murray still, although there is news that came out. Elliot Friedman said that the Leafs might have an issue if they were to want to buy out Matt Murray, because there could be injury issues with him. And if he's injured, you can't buy him out, but you can put him on long-term injured reserve, which could be beneficial for the Leafs. You don't have to trade, you don't have to trade assets just to get rid of the contract, or you don't have to take up cap space, like current uh, available cap space, to get rid of him kind of thing. Like, I mean, get rid of him. He's, I don't know, I think this might be the end of the road for his career, unfortunately. Two Stanley Cups, though, not bad. But, yeah, it looks like the end of the road in terms of Matt Murray's tenure with the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Whoever planted that seed is a genius, by the way, because Elliot Freeman did not come up with that himself, obviously. Someone within the Leafs organization must have said that, right? And planting that seed is ingenious because there's no cap penalty to putting him on LTIR. There's a cap penalty for buying him out. So not only are you like saving yourself a potential cap penalty by, by having an insider say, hey, he might be hurt, so you can't buy him out. If that's the case, then that means, he is for sure going to go on LTIR for the rest of the season. I was skeptical that the least would be able to pull this off, but whoever planted that seed and however that seed got planted, that's the solution that they came up with. And that was a very, very, very tidy work by whoever did that, because that's, yeah. that is exactly how you play the media to your advantage. Like yeah. that right there is the perfect way to do it. I agree.
0: I mean, like the, the list of injuries though is like, extremely extensive. I mean, if you wanted to, you could get any doctor to take a look at him and be like, "Oh, he's got uh bonitis I'm sorry, can't play anymore."
1: Yeah, but why did so, what my understanding is why didn't that stuff come out before free agency? Why did that stuff come out now? Why did that not why did that not come out at the trade deadline? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I that, I don't I, know. <laughs> maybe different people running the ship, who knows? Different perspectives on 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 things. Ooh, I don't know. Uh but I do have a different GM why So do I keep forgetting that. Uh like that's, Anyways. that's the biggest thing is like our, our GM and team felt that he was ready to play in the playoffs. There's two months ago, but now it's called new, upon. Yes. if called upon, but a new GM comes in and says, Hey, or new, new regime. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but you, you, you know what i you're picking up what I'm yeah. putting down here. Listen, the new regime
0: ha- slid him a one-way ticket to the Island. <laughs> exactly. He said. I believe though. It's funny when, when Stefan Robida was like on long-term injured reserve, no, it might have been the year after, I want to say. But he was going on scouting trips with Kyle Dubas. I know that for a fact. And I'm I but I'm not sure. Did he sign fifteen sixteen? I can't remember. I have
1: no I honestly have no clue. I put I'd have to look that I put, up. But I, I put in 17 seventeen
0: eighteen he for sure was like one hundred percent Stefan Robita in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen was going on scouting trips
1: with the Leaf personnel. Yeah, that that fifteen sixteen season right? 15, yeah, fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. 15, season. I pushed that was the most back, delusional pushed, I've ever been pushed to the back of my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was super I was excited. So Peter
1: Holland, first line forward. What a stud that guy's such a nice guy, but not, not a first line center at all. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> I, on our and third line 13, was 14. Crazy.
0: They had to start playing him first line center. Was, I can't remember who got injured or whatever, but when they traded for him, he was put right with Phil Kessel right away. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like watching him. Like, even then I was like, yeah, nice guy, but I don't think this is a first-line center. I'm like, this <laughs> guy's
1: going to be a steal as our fourth-line center later on in, in his career. Just, you know, yeah. He went to the KHL and retired.
0: He <laughs> might be. There was a rumor he's coming out of retirement for this year.
1: I think he said he wants to. He was doing a lot of media stuff for, I want to say, TSN and like ESPN, 1050, yeah. But...
0: He was on overdrive a bunch. I don't know. But we'll see. I, you
1: know who I'd love to see make a comeback? Friend of the show, Frankie Corrado. I think he's still got the legs. I haven't seen him play hockey once uh, since he's no. left the NHL. From what but... I've heard, he said he said he's done. Oh, okay. Well, I I support him in either decision. He's good.
0: He's a good media guy,
1: though. <laughs> he's so a, he's a fantastic to... media guy. He's like one. Yeah. Of, one I don't Steve. I
0: don't need uh, I don't want him back in the NHL. I like him <laughs> on the radio. I like him On TV, I like him. Like on on the radio. Have you? I don't know how much you listen to like the 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 pre-games and like the between periods on the radio for the the Leafs game but
1: He's good. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah.
0: it's so much better. Even like even credit to Gord Gord does a great job too. It's so much better cuz they can be so much more biased and it's less so like who do you think will get traded at the deadline? I think this guy because Grit or whatever. It's a lot more like you get into the ins and outs of the game. You get to yeah. be a lot more niche on the radio. Yeah. So it it's fantastic
1: because sports it's, center likes to use Listen, I, I love when they have la freeman on but yes
0: no but it's tsn and sportsnet yeah, do the same do thing it, between yeah. periods and it's like like how are you two different companies doing the exact same thing
1: So what the people want but one thing that the people didn't want not was this that, that little quiz that they did oh my goodness that was atrocious oh, okay. quiz is whatever yeah <laughs> no not, not funny the, not the like, quiz the when sports center tried the quiz they had a bunch of stats uh amber well, was sports
0: like sports net and it was like Anson Carter, not, yeah, Keith Yandel, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Cassie Campbell yes. and they got one correct between the three of them yes, in one after intermission.
1: Like, no, no, yeah, after one intermission and they did it after the com- they did it before and after the commercial break because they, they were waiting for someone to get one right. So it was, it was uh <laughs> that was a sight to see. That was funny. So, um, That's funny.
0: but yeah, especially after the games on the radio, Jim Ralph, he's very very frank and it's very funny. <laughs> like if he was not happy with how the refs were, you'll You'll just flat love, out hear it. You'll be like, "These refs were horrible."
1: Give kid. me, give me that ten times out of ten. I love when I love when like Homer commentators are like that. Jack oh, Edwards, yeah. is the only guy who goes too far, but every, other than that, like oh, I, I, I love Homer commentators. Anyway, yeah, oh, yeah, but there
0: was there was one situation: it was the Leafs got blown out by Tampa? It was like the seven-one game where Eric Schalgren played, and Frankie was like, "Yeah, like I think Schalgren made some good saves. He didn't really have a chance on any of the goals. I think he played all right." How, what do you think, Ralphie? And Ralphie just goes. I think he played terrible. I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> I respect the honesty. You might, okay, I <laughs> mean the guy being honest ten times out of ten, wearing his heart on his sleeve, over the the company man who just oh, yeah. talks about trades and stuff.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's um, that's
1: what you're gonna get in the off season, uh, mid July when all free agency is done. Doesn't seem to be a trade in sight. We're gonna get five minutes about media about the radio <laughs> but the good old radio and
0: how it's dying unfortunately but hopefully not for a while but anywho so those are the least two assistant coaches that are coming in why sheldon Keefe is on the hot seat inadvertently um uh, the next up that we wanted to talk to about not quite Leafs related well i'll make a leaf spin on it i forgot to tell you before the show which probably would have been nice but the
1: title, it's fine it's fine <laughs>
0: Yeah. Anywho, uh, we are going to... We're
1: going to get into free agent targets. I'm just going to bury the lead here for you. We're going to get into the free agent targets. Or not free agent targets, sorry. The remaining free agents that are available. Because uh, while there are a bunch of free agents that are still available that are probably going to sign, I hope, before the start of the season that that you would think wouldn't sign professional tryouts and are good enough to be NHL players. And were NHL players last year, but are... I don't, I don't know what everyone's waiting for here. I think everyone just kind of went to do a went went to vacation. So went, went on vacation. So uh, I mean we have a couple good names here, but before we get into the names, we want to talk about our sponsors over at DraftKings. Listen, if you're a new new customer, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Use code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games Regulated by the West Virginia Lottery, please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gamblers. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire within seven days after issuance. One bo- One boost per eligible game, opt-in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus legislation required for a hundred percent boost. Elig- eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Uh that's it. That was that was the read. Term oh terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. So there we go. That is our first little ad read. I got through it all. Was that sixty seconds? I don't even know. It was better than what I would have. <laughs> Anyways, uh i forgot to bring water and my mouth is
0: so dry right now i would have died during that like just plain and simple that was a
1: mouthful also the uh, way that they spaced oh, this out yes. listen it's more more and my there, fault when i typed it in. i wish here. the
0: font was it it kind of <laughs> looks like hieroglyphics
1: for it, it my brain was not going uh, there was like the commas and the, and the and the periods are in such odd spots it's, it's hard to read anyways uh not big reader, anyways. I'm more of a numbers guy, so that's why uh, yeah, that's box. why you tune in, right? So exactly. let's let's get into these free agent targets. I bucketed them into specific like little uh, names. There's some low key defensemen we looked at uh, who could probably be play a six seven role. And I think that's important because if if Matt Murray goes on LTIR, we have 1.4 million cap space right now, right? And if that happens, and we sign Santsinov, we're gonna be over the cap, so someone's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe that's a. Oh my God, what's his name? Called, uh, Connor? Maybe that's Connor Timmins on the way out. Who knows? Could be Connor yeah. Timmons who makes 1.1. 1. 1. Maybe that's the difference there. Adds up to 3.26. Could be someone else. Could be someone bigger like TJ Brody, like we've kind of talked about all summer. So there could be someone potentially on the way out. So the Leafs could be interested in some of these guys, right? Bargain bin shopping uh, when they sign their goalie. So the buckets we've put uh, these players in, there's some low-key defensemen. One guy who is, I think, arguably the most interesting name out there. The obvious ones, we're going to look at some veterans and then some forwards who have NHL, NHL top six experience and would probably be like decent in the bottom six and probably still have game left. So starting out with the obvious mm-hmm. ones, there's two. Uh, there's two forwards, two defensemen. Starting with two forwards, there's Tarasenko and Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly, I, I don't want to bury the lead on Kane. I, I, think I, I think we both share the same opinion. Patrick Kane is going to go to Buffalo,
0: right? That's just a hunch that I have, yes, and that's what I've shared multiple times. Um, some people thought he would, that maybe the, the Sabres take a stab at him at, at uh, the deadline, but I don't think that went very far at all. But from the Buffalo area, um, you get to do that 35-plus contract, but they have cap space. I don't think they should be doing that um, simply because that would just like cause cap issues the next year. But yeah. why would you would, do that when you have the space for this year? Right, so you're
1: talking about the signing bonuses that you can offer yeah. a guy on a 35 plus performance bonuses. Performance bonuses, yes, yes. So, Correct. So just to explain to people who may, might not be familiar with this, it's a similar thing that what Boston did with David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron, yep. where if there's performance bonuses, if those players hit those certain goals that you set for them, that cap is either, either allocated to this year or if you're over the cap, it'll be allocated to next year. And when next year. Yes. yes.
0: And it's only for players 35 and over. Yes. So Max Pacioretty just signed a, a contract same sort of thing with Washington. Uh, I think funny. it's a two plus one. I want to say something like that.
1: Two, what that. What do you mean by two plus one?
0: Two mil and then plus one per, one mil in performance bonuses.
1: Maybe I, I just remember, I, don't, I don't know what the performance. I think, bonus, I'm I, I, I think you're right. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Pacharetti, but there was someone who signed with performance bonuses. It might have been someone on Anaheim where their performance bonuses were like play five games get two fifty k Pavelski. Right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was Pavelski. I don't know. So, I think it was Pavelski in Dallas. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's just funny how like they can distribute these per- performance bonuses yeah. for guys like who are like obviously going to hit them. But hey, for uh, for a guy like uh, Pacharetti, who knows what, if who he's going to be yeah. healthy, right? He's, I don't even know how many games he, he did. He play one game this year. Uh, he played five games this year. So okay, I, actually, yeah. okay. Pause. Shout out to Cap Friendly. Not, not the sponsor ad read. You're not going to hear me ramble for 20 minutes here. Cat, like, cat friendly is the best. They have the performance bonuses details right here. So it, it, oh. it is the player I'm thinking of is, uh, Pacioretty. W- One million bonus for 10 games played. Huh. 500k bonus for 15 games played. 500k bonus for 20. Games. He needs to play 20 games and he gets two two million dollars guaranteed. That's that's pretty sweet for him. Good for him. He's good enough too. We wanted him to get. We wanted the least to get him on that, yeah, that was... under style of deal, but. It's risky with those injuries, man. It is. It is. But, uh. Because I mean, he hasn't right. played over 40 games in a
0: couple seasons now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but anyways, Max Pacioretty is not a free agent. Let's get into the ones <laughs> that are free agents. Yeah. <laughs> Tarasenko, Kane. Kane, we're thinking is going to Buffalo. He, by a lot of people that tracked games last year, like points totals wise, he was down. Obviously, defensively, his numbers weren't very good last year. Like offensively in terms of play driving was not very good last year and everyone thought oh, it's because he's on the shitty Chicago Blackhawks. But some people were saying people that were looking at the data and as well as people that were tracking games, like every game that Kane was playing was saying like he wasn't that good with the Rangers either. Like he had six points in seven games, playoff games, which is huge, but defensively was a huge liability as well. So had a tough, tough season, but also was 34 and was dealing with a hip injury. How does he come back from this hip issue? will be seen. Well, We will see, kind of thing. It'll be very, very interesting to see and could really go either way. He's not 25. Like, if he was 25 and he was getting this hip hip surgery done, I would say, okay, I think he's going to come back and play very well. Big hip issue at 34-plus we'll see. We know the hands are still there, yeah. but will the speed be there? Yeah.
1: I think, I think he can maybe get away with not being as fast as he once was, even even though that was an integral part of his game. I think he does have like a nose for the offensive zone, finding the soft spots and and being able to like create open ice for himself without just his speed. But like you said, though, he needs his speed to be super, like super effective, like very, very effective on puck. So that's the only worry I think, for me is this where the speed will affect him is on puck in the offensive zone and in transition. So, uh, exactly. but actually like, that's a good fit for Buffalo. Cause they have a lot of guys who can do those things, right? You can yeah. kind of have Kane sit back. And, uh, so I, I don't think I, I was wrong doubting the people who were saying Kane was not looking yeah, hot last same. year, but I'm still, I'm doubling down on my doubt and, and banking on Patrick Kane to, Hopefully, do the right things this offseason and get healthy. Listen, I'm not a doctor; none of us are. We're not going to be able to figure out nope. uh, what exactly his issue is and how he'll recover. He's from He's got good bones. We'll yeah, come back. Great bones. Huh? As long as he drinks his listen. If he drinks his milk all summer, he'll be back. That's the one mm. thing I'll say for certain. So, uh, but yeah, no, I I I'm high on Patrick Kane. So, but it just sucks that he's going to Buffalo. What about Vladimir Tarasenko though? Do you like uh? Do you like him? Like, where do you see him fitting? So, like, he's kind again, of again. That was a another situation. one. Like.
0: That was another one like the point of 50 points in 69 games is pretty good. Um, It was down from the year before again was not was not playing on the greatest team in St. Louis, but the numbers didn't really improve that much when he went to New York. But this is a guy w- that can shoot very, very well and can beat goaltenders from distance and did so in the playoffs as well. I think he had three playoff goals, but really, really good shooter. So you got to think like, what's a team that had trouble beating goaltenders in the playoffs. And like, I, I, I look at Carolina, I don't know how much cap space they have, but just like in terms of, you know, they had patch last year. That was their idea of what, who they wanted to get. And he unfortunately didn't work due to injuries, but yeah. I think Terrasenko could work very well with the hurricanes. I think that would be a great fit there. Um my Leafs spin that I didn't tell you about beforehand but Let, we have lay to it on Lee's me I like it. it I love the live reaction like where would he fit with the Leafs just anyone we're playing with no cap space this is 2004 hockey if the Leafs were to sign him like where would he fit who would he bump out would he bump anyone out
1: I'm wondering if he fits on the third line bumping maybe like Domi or yarn crook to center camp down because right now remember we talked about that third line that might actually be really good uh Maybe. but i mean if you have tarasenko there instead of like a guy like yarn crook let's say or david camp like that might be a fit there uh i don't Could know I, yarn
0: crook right wing tarasenko left wing
1: i guess i i, I honestly don't know um Domi Center, I guess. I honestly, I don't know. But that's, that's would the he thing, be though. in
0: your top two lines?
1: No, he would not. No chance. Because for me, he'd have to bump the for line one. I'm assuming Bertuzzi's on line one, line one, and I'm assuming Nice is on line two with Tavares and Nylander. Uh, yeah, no, I don't I see who you bump out from there, unless you, again, like we talked about many many times, split up Nylander and Tavares and do, or or split up three lines. Three, yeah, make three heavy, three like loaded lines. But again, like, I, I, the biggest issue with this team is that our, our speed down the middle is not there. So adding Tarasenko plus our so, lo, mm. slow centers, it's that's just like, show. that's my only gripe with the, with the scenario. Not I want...
0: worth the premium in terms of price. Agreed. Uh, that, to put it in, but in that shot is fantastic. Centers, yeah.
1: I really like that shot. shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, Listen, if he'd sign league Min, I'd take him. Obviously, <laughs> he won't. But I think he wants. He seven, will. He, but... he will not. Yeah, that's probably why yeah. he fired his agent, right? So,
0: yeah. um, some people are saying the Senators. I mean, I could, I could see it maybe.
1: L- listen, the Senators could be a good fit for him because the Senators are missing that like elite shot that they just lost into Brinkat. So I, I don't think that w- would. I think that would make sense for them for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know how I feel about the Senators, so I think they could use some forward help. <laughs> Um and I'd like to say that there's been some model projections that have come out that have the Detroit Red Wings higher than the Senators just a little feather in the yeah. cap for me there. I think
0: second line like right now uh, Daily Faceoff has uh Kubalik on the second line. I think
1: Tarasenko I'd want
0: Tarasenko better. way more there. For sure. So, that'd be a good fit.
1: You know who else I could see This is just one off the top of my head is I, I don't they don't have cap space I don't think, but the New York Islanders, that seems like a th- weren't they weren't they in yeah. on him? before he got dealt right like or, um, or like like not before he got dealt but was i actually don't know i feel like the islanders Maybe. were in on him during the expansion draft when seattle mm. passed well, like you could have got him for free yeah nobody wanted it's crazy but uh yeah there's a couple places he could go that that would be uh interesting i i think i also wouldn't just I, last thing here i wouldn't rule out a return to st louis no Ooh, no, definitely. I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just speaking out my ass. I have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't rule out anything because I know nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have no inside sources, so maybe it could be that. Um, St. Louis with it uh, looks like Shen and Vrana. I don't know. Maybe that could work. Why not? Because Brandon Sod's there right now. You bump yeah. him to third line. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Um, Dallas. I heard was also kicking around. I'm not too too sure what their cap situation is
1: dallas is looking like they have to shane i don't know like they got a pretty yeah, they got a oh, they're pretty contenders. they're pretty loaded out right now what am i saying they have they have like, yeah i don't know there's someone's gonna there's there's no obvious contenders right now but someone will yeah, obviously but be someone
0: confident. will pick them up i mean
1: there's no way this guy goes into the year with a pto there's no way he's getting a deal done. well i mean
0: it could be like a pto you remember mike hoffman PTO and signed four and a half million dollars. That's a
1: really good point. I did not think about that at all. Right. Did not think about that at all.
0: That's an option. But Vladdy Tarasenko, um, the body seems to be holding up better than what people thought after the expansion draft there. So there's that. Um, Obviously a great shooter. Overall play is kind of, you know, on the back nine of his career. So how much is he worth? Is he, is he valuing himself way above what the market does? We'll see. That'll be an interesting to one uh, interesting one to see who uh, who throws some cash at him. Um the other one that we have on here. One, one thing to before about. before again
1: yeah. to get, get into these guys, I'm wondering what's holding like this is just a, a, a side tangent for me, but I'm wondering what's holding up the market here. Do you think it could be like the Leafs holding up the market or like what who what else like we're we're looking to sign Matthews and Nilander. I think that's like the biggest most obvious thing that we're looking to do so are people waiting to see what happens with Matthews and if Nylander signs or if he's traded or if that is even an option like are we are people waiting before they go take stabs at the, this second crop of free agency to see if even Winnipeg right like when like are are there like a couple teams like holding up the market or is everyone just on summer vacation right now? like what the heck's going I think on
0: everyone's everything usually just slows down at this point summer vacation I think okay yeah. well, we'll
1: call it that but uh, before I cut you also off, also the
0: insiders are the insiders are at their cottage, so that's, that's why you're not hearing a lot of <laughs> noises because they're they are literally not creating any.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So, um, but yeah, uh, before I cut you off, I think you're going to mention uh, the two Tony defensemen D. that we had. Yeah, so one of the I first to one, Tony D. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo. Before before you get into Tony D'Angelo, I just want to mention that he's like a pretty decent comparison, not comparison, but like a like his contract should be what similar to what Klingberg got. Is that fair to say? Um, and if you could, and sorry to, sorry to cut Maybe you off a tied below. And, okay. So if you could get what number but below would, range, what number below would you rather have Tony D'Angelo than Klingberg? Just out of curiosity.
0: Like Klingberg to D'Angelo. I think it's like a couple hundred thousand. I don't think it's that, that big. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy who a year ago, like, like Shane Goss' bear just went for what? 4.1 something like that. Klingberg just went for the same sort of number, same term. And Tony D'Angelo a year ago, albeit it was Chuck Fletcher and he is just the king of malpractice when it comes to contracts. But he went for two years, five mil per, and they traded a second and a third for him or something like that. And this was the year after he had just gotten bought out
1: before. Like, and a year after they traded. he still 100%
0: board. has value. Yeah. Maybe there's a character issue there. And by maybe I mean, like <laughs> this is a guy that dropped that fell in the draft. And then the year after Tampa Bay took him first round, they traded him for a second round pick. Sorry. not it was two years after yes, the first yes. year of him in that organization, they traded him for a second round pick. A guy that went 18th overall who put up pretty good numbers after that got traded for a second round pick. And then he was involved in that Derek Stepan trade as well, where he went from Arizona to New York. And then we had that whole New York te- debacle on top of that too. So it's like, there are character issues. So that's where I, I would, it would go from. Yeah. Like on ice plays probably worth in the threes, but
1: probably get it's like again, a- it's getting kicked yeah.
0: down to like one or two again. He's got to prove himself again. But if you if you have a slot, because you kind of do need a slot for that sort of player where it's offensive defenseman. He stinks in the defensive zone. You're not teaching an old dog new tricks. He's 28 years old. He's going to be good on the power play, and he's going to put up some points at five on five, but he's not going to do anything in the defensive zone. So if you can shelter him, that would be a fantastic ad. If you can shelter him and smack him every time he says something stupid... Like, you have to have good leadership. If you bring him into yeah. Chicago... Well, Chicago, actually, they have Corey Perry. They have Nick Foligno. So, maybe that'll... That'd be okay. But if I you mean, bring him into... I Listen, the best... Spot, Ottawa, like, where there's a, a lot of malleable minds, you
1: know? Maybe. I think it could run amok. Listen, Carolina was probably the best spot for him in the sense that, like... They almost fit, traded for him. Yeah, fit and, um, like, Rob... Like, Moore, just being, like, a... Notably, like good players, coach. But, yeah. I mean, they like I don't know who who they knows. Traded where... him away, and they replaced
0: him with, with Brent, Brent Burns. Burns. Like so maybe they so... they just looked at it and they went, we don't have another slot for him, or maybe they do. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I, I could totally see him going back to Carolina.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Like I don't, I don't think Brett Burns. I don't think Brett Burns fills that spot. I think it's, Brett Burns is more so of like a like a two three for them than like a like a second power like like the the, the the slot that d'angelo would fill the second like jolt of offense to defense i think he could or offense yeah, on defense i don't know but uh yeah that was uh that was one of the guys we, we brought up anything more on d'angelo or you want to move on to um
0: just a sick puck handler sick <laughs> offensive defenseman but a sickening in the defensive zone um i like that and kind of a just just can't help himself and is kind of a moron yeah, seems like
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I I have no inside sources, but I think I can say that after what this is his ninth chance.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he still has the ability, so he's going to get as many chances in the book. But I think it's going to hurt his top top dollar that he would be, well, be would have been making. But this next guy, though, yes. is one I actually think the least could sign. And it could be a guy where we only get him for like one to two mil, because, again, like we talked about, I think I've mentioned the TJ Brody trade like 30 million times this offseason. I don't think it makes the team better, but I think it helps shore up your contract situation if you have to, right? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: agent guy. Anyways, I'm not going to talk about that, but Matt Dumba. His name is Matthew Dumba, yes. Yeah, Matt Dumba is uh currently still a free agent and honestly, if you would have told me that a year ago today, I think I'd be surprised cuz I think it, I thought that at the very least a team like even like a bad team would trump at the bit just to sign Matt, Matt Dumba just for his like yeah. veteran presence, like he's Listen, he's like a he's a good character guy that seems to be like a good character guy you want in your locker room, and it's not Mm. like his play is atrocious. Like he can still play, Uh, but yeah, what do you have on Matt Dumba? Uh,
0: I haven't done like a deep dive into Matt Dumba, but I mean, it seems like based on utilization from Minnesota, seems like they like him a good amount. Like his offensive numbers totally dropped this year only 14 points in 79 games compared to 27 and 57 the year before 21 and 51 the year before that. Like, and then at one point was a 50 point defenseman. I don't know how, but like, I we're at the point in the off season where it feels like there's not going to be any more term contracts given out. So like, what's Matt Dumba going to get and why are teams holding off on him so much i'm i'm very very curious cuz I, I like i think he's a decent defenseman right like he i don't still, think that's a hot take
1: listen he still has game with him like the the last 3 years he's played like almost like 19 20 minutes, like yeah. 18 19 like minutes minutes of ice time like if you dial that back i think he's like a good like 3d for, excuse me a good 3d for you um yeah four, so i i six I don't hate him as an acquisition for the Leafs.
0: No. Like I, I think especially the well the right side is a little bit in flux. You have TJ Brody, you have Timothy Logren, you have John Klingberg, you have Connor Timmins as well. Um but it's like which of those guys is like a bona fide second line guy? I don't really know. Especially if TJ Brody goes down, like you're you're in you're gonna be in a little bit tough which saying tj brody could get injured this year i mean he's a 34 year old defenseman that got injured last year so you know i i think definitely in terms of the leaf spin of where would he fit in the lineup i think definitely would be like a, a second pairing kind of guy like yeah. can
1: minutes munch so kind of like a justin hall honestly people don't like to hear that but like that'd be like his role mm-hmm. i think probably get like a healthy amount of penalty kill time be on the second line play right d try and minutes much for our younger guys to get easier competition and ideally in a perfect world Lilligren's able to make the jump and is able to take his spot
0: yeah that would be the most cap efficient and to me the most ideal 1.4 million dollars for a second pairing defenseman like
1: that's amazing. Maybe
0: John Klingberg clicks with uh, with Jake McCabe. That could always be a possibility. That would right?
1: be fun, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of options here. So, um, Yeah. Moving on from there. Very
0: surprising he's... he's not signed, though. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah.
1: there's. I'm telling you, there's something holding up the market. There's a trade that's going to come, and there's going to be signings that will come out after that, I feel like. Who so...
0: knows? I mean, the market was held up last year when it was supposed to be cadre to the Islanders, and then what happened?
1: He went to the he went to the flames. So I forgot. I remember I remember when he signed. I forget what I was doing that day, but I just remember I just remember what I was doing that day. It was weird. Anyways. Um moving on from there, we have two guys who I think I'm gonna bucket together. Still got an NHL game. I think I'm doing a little disservice to the first guy by putting him putting the second guy here with him, but Thomas Tatar and Josh Bailey uh sitting here with no contracts. Josh Bailey's I mean, listen, he's 33, didn't have the best season, but he can still score, right? Uh, as like a veteran. He only had
0: eight goals this year.
1: Really? All right. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have put. Maybe I shouldn't have put him on this list. But let, let, maybe maybe just touch on Thomas Tatar then. How about that?
0: Thomas Tatar has the craziest <laughs> split between playoffs and regular season stats. And also this past season, I think he had nine points on the empty net, four goals, five assists. So how's that for uh, for Pat Stat in there? But he was sixth sixth on the Devils in five on five points as well, I believe fifth in terms of forwards there. Um, that's in the regular season. In the playoffs, he had one goal in 12 games. And the playoffs before that, he had one point in five games with Montreal. He only played five games because Montreal went to the Stanley Cup finals and he got scratched every single game after, uh, like from game five on, or from, I guess it would be game six onward, he got scratched. And then if you remember before that, He was with the Vegas Golden Knights, I believe, where he got scratched a ton in the playoffs as well and only had two points in 10 or so games. So this is a guy that hasn't had more than two points in a playoff series since 2015, 2016. And he's been to the playoffs multiple times since then. And his team has made it out of the first round many, many times since then as well. So in terms of why, I mean, he's got a okay gold scoring ability um his shot is decent i would say but he's not really like a net front grit guy he's not really going to be tipping point shots rebounds kind of like he doesn't have like a like i'm trying to think like a pattern in which he scores i would say like not really like a space guy, not like I don't know, not really like a t- he's just like kind of like a tweener, like a, a like an Andre Andreas Janssen plus I would say.
1: Yeah, that's like that's honestly right? a great great comp for him because like, but he, if
0: yeah, but like if you can Johnson get him plus. for like two mil, maybe and your third line add a little bit of offense. I, I I think that would be okay.
1: Yeah, and also like listen, it's not like we are so spoiled as Leafs fans. It's like. We don't like. This is the type of guy where I'd be like, "No, nah, I don't want him. He's not going in the playoffs." But like, man, teams like teams have to make the playoffs, right? Like you have yeah, to like, play 82 do. games first to make the playoffs. And this if this guy's going to help you, this is someone who like I think if you're a middling team can give you a big, big bump for like a cheap, like cheap cost, right? Like we yeah. saw it with like we we've seen him do it before with other teams, right? Like you said, the Devils, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, like you said, two mil, yeah. I think it's stabbing. If I'm I'm a a middling team like like Ottawa, so.
0: I think he could do something similar to what like uh, Cali Yarncroft kind of did. You know, when Cali Yarncroft got put with like, exceptional talent, he put some pucks in the back of the net yeah, kind of thing. I think he could probably do something kind of similar to that. Um, but again, that's only going to probably be for like two-ish million dollars around yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, Again, like after he left Montreal, I wanted the least to get him for like three-ish, but then he went four and a half to the Devils um
1: two-year deal right
0: yeah okay. two years four and a half per which was a little bit rich but whatever he uh up and down with the devils but that that play a playoffs again makes no sense i have to watch it's something you'd have to watch closer to but maybe it's because he's not he's kind of a perimeter guy and doesn't do enough away from the puck but that's something i would have to look into more yeah more of
1: yeah fair enough right? yeah wrapping so. up with thomas Tatar here so um. Yeah. Other than that, we have a couple more players who we're gonna like maybe just do some quick hits on low key defense, and that I think teams again, like I think these guys are good NHL players, and I think they should be signed. Um, Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear, and then Nick Holden, who's more of like a veteran six seven. Uh, you have anything? I think we talked a good bit about yeah. Caleb Jones, but Ethan Bear was honestly I was shocked to see him on this list, but I, I think mean, the it,
0: shoulder injury they didn't. Vancouver didn't pursue him after that. I mean, fair enough. How he looks after that shoulder injury, we'll see. But I think he was okay with with the Canucks. I think he was like,
1: he was he, fine. He was so, fine with the Canucks, and he also looked like looked fine with Carolina too. Like he's not,
0: he's uh, looked fine.
1: We l- l- listen in an off season where we saw Justin Hall make what three, four mil, uh, a ten think, mil total. Yeah, I think I think a team taking a stab at Ethan Bear is like their. Five six is not not the yeah. idea.
0: I mean, Justin Hall like is penalty killing shot blocking. I feel like Ethan Bear's kind of like that tweener ish, like where he's not pure defensive defenseman, but he's also not really an offensive defenseman. Yeah. But I think he's got like some some decent qualities where if you're you run into some injury issues, you can you can toss him in and he'll he'll look fine. Like for example, like we had Mac Caldwell and Victor Mete in that sort of spot last year. Yeah. I think, I think Ethan bear would be more than fine. in that sort. even Jamie or Jordy Ben too. So I think Ethan bear would fit fine in that sort of, in like a seventh role. But currently the seventh role is Connor Timmons. Would I rather have Ethan bear con Connor Timmons? I actually do not know.
1: I think I'd rather, yeah, just quickly Connor Timmons. I think just cause the upside, like he scored, yeah. like just, it's, it sounds silly, but the point upside, you just, you just I, kept scoring. Yeah. It was weird. Like, listen, if you that's a thing, like, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> yeah. It was, so, that was wild. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I see what you're saying there. Uh, Caleb Jones, obviously we know the story. Caleb Jones uh, played for the Blackhawks for a lot of the time. But again, like we said, played this before, with Jake McCabe, good underlying numbers play with Jake McCabe. I believe he can play both the left and right side. I don't know if that was my yeah. choice, but uh,
0: <laughs> it seemed like everyone with Chicago was doing that, though, because when yeah. Jake McCabe came over, I was like, he can play both sides. And I literally watched it with my own eyes. But. I feel like Chicago just did that with every single defenseman. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I didn't fall. Just, that add, just a little bit of a value bump for the, in, in the trade. So yeah, um, can play, can play both I sides, write that on his resume. Can play both
0: sides. Imagine, a that's, disaster, how they, but... imagine
1: that's how they do it. Like it's just job, like how teams trade for players. It's like job opening, looking for left defenseman. And he said, send, send a little. Yeah. What resume, do you got G- in this kid? Caleb
0: Jones. He can play both sides.
1: Uh, can, and then theoretically. Any, anything you want to touch on for Nick Holden, or
0: uh, I think it would be again veteran seven, just a veteran guy, guy, yeah, yeah George,
1: Jordy Ben, uh, men. Um, probably all right. last name, most fun name. Uh, a lot of people were saying on Twitter they're shocked that he wasn't signed yet, and that's Pia Suter. And yeah. that's a guy we actually talked this about. This was like two- Red Wings
0: people, too.
1: This is a guy we talked about two years ago as well. I don't know if you remember this, but we talked about him, yeah. and we were like. The perfect Chicago Blackhawks center to get is Pia Suter. And then we signed David Camp. We're like, wait, what? Uh, I think everyone wanted well, Pia Suter that year because he had like the good underlying numbers. He put up points. Do you remember? He's
0: part of the club of why the hell didn't the Blackhawks qualify this guy?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like just didn't make sense for them. But he joins Dylan Strom. He joins yeah.
0: Caleb Jones. He joins who was it? Who else was it? I feel like we're missing NSFU, but whatever.
1: Anyways, but yeah, no sense. He, he, he seems like a, yeah. What what are, what are your thoughts on Pia Suter? I know you haven't watched too much of his game. But you uh, have anything-
0: yeah. From the tidbits that I've seen, he's got a little bit of skill to him. Um, I don't know why the next point that comes up in my head is Centerman, but it's the thing we started with, but a yeah. little bit of skill to him. Um, can get moving like decently fast. I would say not, not a slow guy can, can push the pace a little bit. Sorry if the lightning is getting in. The volume there, but his shot is not bad. Also, he had 14 goals last year, like not going to beat goalies from the blue line, but can beat them from if he gets a little bit in tight, like from the, the, uh, the faceoff circle, he can, it's got a decent little rip on him that can beat the goaltender. So yeah, uh, it was, it was surprising to see like a few stats, people and Red Wings, people be like, how is Pia Suter not signed yet? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe again, falls into that Ethan Bear, Thomas Tatar tweener kind of where it's like, is he a defensive guy? Is he an offensive guy? But I think he can definitely bring something to a team,
1: especially in the bottom half of the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And for a team that needs a maybe potentially needs a bottom six center, if you count Peter Holland as one, if you don't count Peter Holland as your bottom six center or Dylan Gambrell, like uh, Peter Holland. Or, oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! How, how did I? That, that's like a big, big brain fart on my. here Holland's not signing with the. Leafs. I, I know, I know. Um, oh my gosh. Gambrell, Camp, Holmberg. Holmberg, yeah. I don't know why I, I was thinking Holland over Holmberg. I, anyways, it's it's been a long day. Uh, I, what I was gonna yeah. say is it's cap or not cap friendly. Jeez, it's a tough, tough, tough episode for us. Uh, Evolving Wild has got rejected. the
0: you've got the brain bug that yeah. I
1: had. Evol- evolving wild, it's contagious evolving wild has them projected at two years uh 2.237 is that something you'd be interested in for, for pia suter years? yeah um
0: Hmm. again i haven't like done like a detailed detailed dive into him it'd be interesting to do that for some of these guys why not but 2.3 says so that's like right around what david camp got yeah uh and that would be your fourth line center so your third and your fourth line center would be camp and suitor i don't know uh what do we have right now it would be domi i think would be third line center that's my assumption
1: i think camp camp is our third line center right
0: it's possible it's one of domi camp or homberg so um Like who would I have rather rather have Domi or Suter? I think I would rather have Domi. Um, Who would I rather have Camp for Suter? That's a decent question. I probably Camp, especially he has a a specialization to him. I think there are a lot of teams that should be kicking tires for that.
1: But uh, as the Leafs, we pass on him. Is what you're saying?
0: As the Leafs, I'd lean towards pass for two point three
1: seven. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it one yeah. day. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. We I think that's all we have for uh, for yeah. free agent targets here. Free agent, yeah. free some agent guys that should support. really be
0: in the NHL next year. I'm not too too sure why mm-hmm. they're not signed yet. Maybe it's just like a timing thing. Just a uh, wait, and we'll make some cap space, or wait, we'll give you a PTO and see if injuries happen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe for Suter, I mean, he is. Uh, Swiss, so like they can give out pretty good contracts back home. There, maybe he's like holding out for one plus million here. If he doesn't get it, you sign same thing as Malgin. You go and you sign with your your team back home for pretty good money. So yeah,
1: that's a, that's a good point. Uh, you just gotta yeah. wait for the, another shoe to drop. And I mean, listen, if you last that lot, if you watched last episode and you listen to my advice about watching the bear, there's always another shoe that drops. So um, I think that's it I for don't know today. What that means. Yeah, it's, it's, it was like, listen, I'm building some connections with people. If they listen to me last episode, then they'll be super connected to me right now. So right. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that's it for today, right? I don't think I have. That yeah, muscle the that's, any, that's all we got. All right. Uh,
0: cool. We have the Ranky Awards next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Categories. Yes. Uh, so, got some good suggestions. Yes. Essentially thanks. splitting it up, uh, splitting up the defensive award into seeing defensive defensemen and uh, Offensive defenseman of the year kind of thing. Um, and then you can just have defense. I don't know. but And then there was another one, the Bob Probert Award. Uh, essentially, like, the... Goes to the grittiest forward kind of thing. Bob Probert. Like, Speaks 25, right. 30 goals, 500 fights, that sort of thing. Um, obviously not fights. The The issue is the NHL will never have that award because they don't want well, to like to market violence anymore because yeah. they literally can't there's been too many uh too many lawsuits against them we'll call it but yeah but yeah. so just keep, something we can do i don't care
1: keep an eye on twitter uh because yeah we'll have the categories out soon we'll probably finalize them for next episode and then two weeks from now we'll be handing out the awards and then maybe i'll wear a suit who knows if enough people <laughs> if enough people respond to that uh, listen i think you have 10 responses right now if, if we yeah, can get to 20 responses i'll wear a suit for that episode all right All right. So that's
0: all we got for today.
1: (laughs) All right. That's it. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
0: Goalies, go.